You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Corinthians 15 and 58, uh, Paul said to the church, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now notice the verse is completely about being a Christian. It's a Christian church or saint verse as I like to call it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. For a subject tonight, always value what you do. Always value what you do. And let's give the Lord a hand before we go further. Always denotes at all times, morning, noon, night, in between. As Christians, we must have in our being that word, always. And when it comes to scripture, there were a number of people that understood the importance of always being about something, uh, always doing something. Such as David in, in, the, in the psalm, Psalms 34 and 1, he just simply stated, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And to say such, as you consider all that David went through, was a mouthful. Because if he kept his word, he would have to do so in trials, troubles, good times, Bad times and in between. Always making sure he gave God the praise. 
Now Isaiah likewise knew the significance of having always in his spirit, but he talked about the benefit of always doing something. He said in Isaiah 26 and 3, He who keeps his mind stay upon the Lord shall be in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Use the Hebrew word shalom, which has to do with prosperity. Isaiah wanted people to know if you think on God, you will always prosper. You will always be productive in life. Even when you go through trials, if you keep your mind on the Lord, you will prosper. I said you will prosper. Imagine Daniel in the lion's den, but yet prospering. Hebrew boys in fiery furnace, but yet prospering. And so you have to always be ready to stay in God's will despite what you go through. I like to say the best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. On the flip side, the worst place to be is out of the will of God. Some of us should have shouted because we remember how terrible it was when we were not in God's will. We couldn't trust nobody, but look at you right now. You know you can trust God with your life. You tell folk in a quick minute, can't Nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. To value means, number one, to honor certain things and certain people. You have to respect. Certain people. Matter of fact, in order to gain respect, you have to show respect. But to value also means to cherish. You have to appreciate or show love for what you have, even if it's not a whole lot. Je- Jesus said this right here. He said, if you be faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much. What's the implication? If you just learn how to appreciate what you have, it may not be much. I'll cause blessings to come your way. That's the reason one writer said, despise not the day of small beginnings. You have to value certain things to the point to where you publicly show your appreciation. Folks ask, why do they have pastor's appreciations? Why do they have this, that, and the other at the church? Because we want to show appreciation because the Bible has has let us know point blank give honor to whom honor is due 
pay tribute to whom tribute is due. You have to learn to honor. You have to learn to show love. But to value also means when it comes to a child of God to know the worth of something or somebody. You, you know, there, there are some things I, I have learned in time that you can't put a price tag on. It's just that valuable. You can't put a price tag on a rhema word. You come in the church down and out and, and you're needing something and then God allows his preaching. To drop in your spirit exactly what you need to move forward. Exactly what you need to deal with whatever you may be facing in life. Exactly what you need in order to see yourself beyond your situation. Because one of the worst places to be is in your present when that's all you see is your bad. But when you get a rhema word, a rhema word transcends your present and allows you to see not only what God is getting ready to do, but what God wants to do for you if you will just make an effort. You have to know your worth and you have to know the worth of certain people and certain things. There are so many that, that, that they are so busy looking at, at, at being an apostle they, can't, they don't recognize the blessing of being a minister. If God ever graces you to be a five-fold ministry gift, you have to remember behind all of being a prophet, being an apostle, being a great teacher is servant. Jesus embodied the five-fold ministry, but, but he said, the Son of Man then come to be served. But He came to serve. You have to keep that mentality. That's the reason God said, if you just humble yourself in due time, I will exalt you. Don't try to put your own self on a pedestal. Don't try to put your own self in a place where God never ordained for you to be. Know your worth and allow God, allow Him to direct your path. Allow Him to elevate you in due time. And so, again, you, you, you have to always value what you do. You got to be happy about being a minister. Got to be happy about being a pastor. 
got to be happy about being a deacon. Yeah, we know your testimony. You're going to be this worldwide evangelist and you're going to be doing all this. But, but before all that, we just need you to value where you are right now. Because if you don't value where you are right now, you may mess somebody up. There are folks that are looking to you to receive certain things. But if your mind is somewhere else, instead of where God wants it to be, you can mess up not only yourself, but other folk. You have to always value what you do. You may want to be there, but value where you are right now. Man, I'm tired of doing No, you appreciate it because it's 12 folk that would love to have your position. Matter of fact, it may be 27 folk that would love to have your position. So value where you are. And in due time, if God sees fit, He'll allow somebody to get in the place you're in and He'll take you further. But if you'll complain, He'll do what Israel, what He did to Israel. He'll cut you, slap off. And we don't want that. And see... In order to really embrace 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, you have to be in a place where you value what you do. Because Paul wanted them to to enter into a state of being. That's a key word, even though it's so small in the text. Be. Exist. Live. And when it comes to a Christian, we have to understand scripture. Like Acts 28 and 17, the first clause. Where it talks about, in God we live, we move, and we have our being so whether we're in the church or outside the church we have to be Christian whether we are up teaching somebody or we are digging a hole in the yard we have to be a Christian no matter where we are we have to be who God ordained for us to be. We don't want to be religious to the point to where we only put on our Christ type behavior when we come to the church. We got to be who God ordained for us to be in the church and outside the church. You have ministers that, that, that they wait around for the preacher to give them a space. 
to teach. Give them a space to preach. That's not being a minister. A minister is ready to serve whether in the church or outside the church. And understand serving does not start with grabbing a microphone. Does not start with teaching a class. Does not start leading prayer. It starts by submitting to God specifically God's servant and saying whatever you would have me to do that's what I would do Joshua Moses minister understood it and so Moses told him on one occasion I just want you to stand right here until I get back don't go nowhere just stay right here until I get back. I need you to be here. I'm going up there. But when I get back. I need you to be here. Forty. Days. Later. He came down. And the minister was still there. That would have been some of us. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I don't know what's going on with Moses, but he's he been up there. Good God, it, it's four hours. Jesus, my stomach done started cutting up. I got to go. But see, God changes not. And as Christians, we understand Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same way Joshua's pastor told him to stay there until he got back. As ministers, you are required to do likewise. Serve. Serve. And then when the time comes, God would give the man of God instruction as to how he's going to reward you for your staying in a state of being. You existing based upon what you have been taught. And so Paul wanted them to be. Number one, steadfast. I need you to be steadfast. Unwavering when it comes to your faith. If you quote it, own it. If you quote Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open on it. Do not waver. Be steadfast. Why not waver? According to James 1, 6 through 8, in part, when a person wavers, it's a sign of doubt. And when a person begins to doubt 
or to waver. It's just like the wind coming forth and moving the waves of the sea. And when a person allows trouble, allows trials, allows opinions, allows feelings, and so forth to move him or her, it's a sign that wavering or doubt is present. And Jane revealed the conclusion of a person that's not steadfast. He said, this person will not receive anything from the Lord. Then gave the re- he is a double-minded person, unstable in all his ways. Now, what 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 grabs me with that verse about not being steadfast but wavering is that a person can actually do such and not get anything from God. Can you imagine not receiving a blessing from God? Can you imagine everything you have right now? Since being saved that God gave you, you wouldn't have it simply because of doubt. And and when I look in hindsight, I I can see many folk in the church that that never obtained better, never obtained certain promises simply because they never were steadfast. They never were to the point to where they were going to stand no matter what took place but then he said be immovable be immovable don't allow pressure from the job from bills other things to move you. But there's another thing that moves children of God other than pressure from time to time. Persuasion. People trying to tell you what you need to do and you giving an ear and allow that what you hear to persuade you to get out of the place of being. Persuade you to the point to where you will even go against the word that you have received from your pastor. Persuade you enough that, that, that you'll even denounce what you told everybody was your rhema. Y'all heard what Pastor Preacher they were. That was my rhema. Girl, I was just praying about that. And, it, and I go to church, bam, there it was. Just for me. But somebody can persuade you out of the place God has ordained for you to be. And that's the reason he was telling a young church, you got to be immovable. Pressure going to come. Pressure is a part of life. People going to try to persuade you. 
Because believe it or not, everybody does not want you blessed. Everybody does not want you to move forward. Everybody does not want what God wishes for you. What does God wish? That you prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. But there are certain folks that do not want that for you. And then he tells them, I need you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Always abound in the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? In Jesus' words, is God's business. You have to be to the point to where you'll tear your own mammy off. Get, get, get this. Get this. Jesus' earthly mother Mary turned around, went back, and got some of her kinfolks to help her look for Jesus. They went all over the little, the little town looking for him. Just, just looking and looking and looking and looking for him. And then, when she finally found him in the church, she basically said to him, you know, we, we've been looking for you. We've been seeking for you a while now. And Jesus' response to his own mama was this right here. What you seeking me for? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus didn't put family first. He put God first. I said, Jesus didn't put family first. He put God first. Some of y'all ain't clapping because you are one of those that believe you should put family first. But Jesus put God first. You better hold on. I'm finna drop something on you based upon Luke 2 and 49, what I just quoted. He didn't just put God first. He put God's ministry or business before his own mama. Woo! My claps dropped off when I said that I must be about my father's business. What was the father's business? Ministry. But nowadays in times, even pastors will say, you can't put ministry before your family. Show me scripture. Because I got my scripture to show you otherwise. God and all that pertains to him is first. Now Jesus told his mama that, but then he turned around and told his disciples, seek ye First, the kingdom of God, which includes the church and his 
righteousness and your needs will be met. Everything you worried about, it'll be taken care of if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I have put that to the test. And let me tell you tonight at 8.33 and I'm getting ready to close. Every need I have is met. Every need is met. And if God permit, I can help you with your needs. Why? When you always value what you do, especially when it comes to the things of God of being a Christian, God going to honor you. But if you don't honor God, do specifically what He told you to do. He's not going to honor you. It's actually a fulfillment of what Paul talked about in the book of Galatians. You reap what you sow. He who sows into the flesh shall reap the flesh. What is the flesh? That which is contrary to the wish of God. But then he said, he who sows into the spirit shall of the spirit. Reap the things of God. Because the Spirit represents the things of God. But as God's people, we have to understand that. Just because something sounds right does not mean it's right. And specifically does not mean it's Bible. God and all that pertains to Him has to be First, that's not what my pastor told you. The word is bigger than your pastor. Word is bigger than your mama. The word is bigger than your granddad. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And in my clothes, the last thing he said, he said, knowing which is to be aware, knowing your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Knowing. You, you got to know when, when, when your sowing seed is not in vain. You got to know when you leave work and you only got an hour before you have to be at Bible study that is not in vain. You know when you get that phone call at 3 a.m. and pastor say, look, minister, so-and-so, I need you to get up and go down to the hospital and pray for such-and-so. You can't say, well, pastor, I got to be working for, no, no, I need you to go down to the hospital. And pray for such and such. Remember what you vowed before Bishop, the pastors, me, your family, and the congregation. What you would do. 
I need you to go to the hospital. Well, Pastor, how come you can't go? Because I need you to go. You understand what I'm saying? But get, but get this. You have to know that your labor is not in vain. But you got to understand labor. And the best way to understand labor is from the root meaning of labor. The root meaning of labor is pain. Pain. It's not going to be easy when, when, when your pastor says, I need you to go to the hospital at 3, at 3 a.m. And, 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 and you know you're going to have to take your work stuff with you. You're getting up sleepy. Getting in the shower to get yourself woke up. You're going to the hospital. Knowing at 5 a.m. you got to clock in if they still do that. I don't clock in no more. <laughs> and so you, 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 you go there and it's pain. You go through pain. Pain. You got to know that the pain that you're experiencing <laughs> is worth it. Sometimes it hurts. So, so, sometimes you seek God and, and, and you do what you're supposed to do, but folk don't appreciate it. <laughs> See, pain is more than physical. It's mental. It's emotional. Even spiritual when you're battling demons. Or evil spirits. Knowing that your labor or your pain is not in vain. Paul said, if you endure or suffer with him, you'll also reign with him. Now keep in mind, your labor or your pain is not in vain because the opposite of pain a one antithesis is joy pain don't last always I said pain don't last always what we see figuratively experience is temporary it will not last. The antithesis of pain is soon going to come. David was experiencing pain. He was experiencing difficulties. But he penned in Psalm 30 and 5. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy coming. Some, something, somebody got me hurting right now. But joy is going to come. 
somebody put me down that I never expected that he would put me down. But joy is coming. It didn't work on Friday the way I had been expecting. I had been praying. I had a Friday prayer because I wanted it to, to work out on Friday. But it didn't work out on Friday. But I know joy is coming. So you have the value. Or you have to always value what you do in the church and outside the church. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.